Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. This month, we have the leaders behind the Rural Pastors Talk podcast on with us, and we're excited to have them come to us from Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. Dan, tell us a little bit about why you invited these guys for this particular episode. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, got to meet Pastor TJ last year, and their church had contacted me and one of my mentors, Dr. Ken Davis, to come out to their awesome town of Wellsboro and talk church planning with them. And ever since, we've had this super encouraging relationship, and Wellsboro Bible is actually one of the first churches to join NEC. And so when TJ, Joe, and Josh launched this podcast that they're doing, I was so pumped because it's a super helpful resource for churches across Northeast America. Uh, They're doing an awesome job, and it's just cool to have them in here today. That is terrific. Well, guys, I want you to introduce yourselves and kind of give us a brief overview of your personal and individual stories, and then uh, something I'm pulling from your Rural Pastors Talk podcast, your favorite ice cream. Hey, I like that. Well, hey, guys, my name is uh, TJ Freeman. And I am the lead pastor at Wellsboro Bible Church in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. And I have, uh, I've been here about seven years, came out of church planting in Southwest Florida to accept this position. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Katie, for 15 years. We have four kids, two, four, six, and eight, two girls, then two boys. And we are loving life here in Wellsboro. And your favorite ice cream? Yes. Well, it's the obvious choice. The only choice. Chocolate chip cookie dough. Ooh, all right. And uh, let's move on to Joe. Let's hear your uh, story and your ice cream. Okay. My story is one that I would recommend nobody to follow. I've been pastor at God's Family Fellowship for 13 years of an accidental church plant there. And by God's grace, we have not (laughs) screwed anything up that he hasn't been able to fix So praise God, amen for there. Uh, My wife and I have been married for about 16 years. We've got three kids. They are 12, 8, and 5. And my favorite ice cream is whatever's left after they get done. (laughs) That's unacceptable. (laughs) All right, all right. Okay, so butter pecan. I'm, I'm digging the butter pecan. Moderately more acceptable. All right. (laughs) How about you, Josh? Yeah, uh, my name is Joshua McLaren. I'm a pastoral assistant here at Wellsboro Bible Church. I've been here for about a year and a half. I started as an intern following my undergrad at Bloomsburg University, and my wife and I got married. We've been here our whole married life, pretty much. I started as an intern, was an intern for about a year, and I was hired on staff as a pastoral assistant, and I'm currently getting my MDiv from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And my favorite ice cream... Uh, would have to be unicorn sparkles. Oh, <laughs> so it's what a cake. is it's happening? A, it is a cake flavored ice cream. I'm embarrassed for everyone on this side of the <laughs> oh podcast. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cake flavored ice cream, and it's incredible. And oh it's, a, it's $2. Goodness. For Can a you just say that one more time? I, y- did unicorn you say unicorn sparkles, Dan? Yes. Sparkles. I Man, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, to that. I, I, God's I, mercy nothing is more. With that. I'm sure. I'm sure it tastes wonderful, though. It's got to be. It's got to be good. Well, you guys have been doing a podcast since uh, April, and you guys have really put out quite a few podcasts. Uh, Want to know why the Rural Pastors Talk podcast? 
That's a great question. So moving from Southwest Florida to North Central Pennsylvania was a little bit of a culture shock for me, even mm. though I grew up in the Northeast in a rural environment. But coming back in, it just became obvious to me very quickly that a lot of pastors here are very disconnected and mm. very under-resourced. And having kind of been out and been exposed to uh, a really vibrant church planting world and some really good theological resources and seeing how valuable relationships with other pastors can be, I just, I think God put within me a desire to see that um, be something that would be developed here in an area where that was kind of a foreign concept. So I started with just meeting with a few pastors locally in this little group that we called Equip. You know, we're called to equip the saints for the work of ministry, but we really need to equip one another to do that well as mm. pastors. And that just grew into uh, more and more of a burden to unite rural pastors around good resources and good relationships. And I thought the best way to reach the larger audience of guys spread out, not only through our region, but in a lot of remote regions, would be to utilize technology like this. So the Rural podcast, rural Pastors podcast was born. I reached out to Joe to see if he would be my co-host, and he very kindly obliged, and we've been, uh, in God's kindness, been able to produce some content since then. And that's great. I've had the opportunity to listen to a few of them, and you guys do a great job in putting together some content that I know will be encouraging to listeners. How did you actually get going? I mean, starting a podcast, especially from a rural church, not necessarily something that everybody's right on the cutting edge of. Well, thankfully, our church has been really supportive in this idea of every church being healthy. Uh, so, you know, we want to see every man, woman, and child in our geography have repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel. And, and our congregation understands that that doesn't just mean our church being healthy. It means every church being healthy. Mm, so right. the congregation is so supportive of us reaching out and spending our time, energy, resources in this kind of uh, uh, a niche. So the church was behind this. Now, that said, um, we haven't really done anything that's cost the church very much. We did a little research to get a minimalistic <laughs> setup in terms of gear, tried to spend as little money as possible and still sound as good as we could, and uh, started just doing some research and uh, getting together and uh, our first episode, we sort of were winging it, and since then, we've sort of learned a little bit about how to actually podcast, and uh, I, I think we've been improving, hopefully, since then. But our, our objective is just take a lot of the content that's really good and already exists, but is more geared toward people in a larger context, mm -hmm. and put it into language that we can relate to a little easier and maybe even apply better in the rural landscape. Mm. Well, as we look at NEC and the work that we're doing, we're working in the Northeast. There's a lot of rural churches yeah. in the Northeast, a lot of smaller churches. Uh, what are some wins that you guys, as you look at uh, what you've done, what you've accomplished, uh, what do you consider to be, I don't know, maybe some of your best episodes or... Um, you, why don't you, while I'm answering this question, why don't you guys think of some of our best episodes? Our most recent episode was one of my most exciting when we were talking to uh, Dr. Ted Tripp, mm. but some local wins, I think, were some folks from GFF, from my church, listening to some episodes, and the big picture of pastoring kind of unfolded for them. They mm. began to understand what was behind 
our hearts, my heart as a pastor for them. And it was kind of like them being able to hear the truth in a little bit different way. And the light bulb finally came on for them. And they said and realized, oh, wow, this is a lot bigger than what we thought it was initially and at first. So like locally, I know at my church that has happened and at TJ's church as well. But we have been able to reach out to so many other churches and so many other pastors have called in and asked us questions and given us feedback and just the evidence of being able to reach out to them and them reaching back to us, I think has been a pretty big win. So what started as a relationship then between the pastors has now begun to get out into the greater body of Christ? Absolutely. I would say, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Josh is our resident statistician. So, Josh, which episode of Rural Pastors Talk statistically <laughs> has been most successful? Uh, it would be our episode on Sunday service and planning. Um, it's mm. the one with our most views. And now it was near the beginning of the podcast, but I think some of the wins with that is it's practical. Um, pastors yeah. can implement it not right away, but pretty close to right away as they discuss with their leaders, as they discuss with their um, the people who do music, the people who do bulletins, things like that. Uh, they have an ability to apply that sort of teaching really quickly. So it's, it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I know of uh, a pastor friend of mine named Tim. He loves listening to it, and he's actually gathered other pastors in his area to not only listen to it, but to discuss it together. And he's just told me over and over again how encouraging it's been for him in his area. So that's that's really cool. We have a name for Tim. It's a verbiage. You get <laughs> Tim Maddened every time you get corrected. Tim so Maddened. How, Tim how Madden. did he turn into a verb? How did that happen? He Tim Maddened us one day when, when I said something incorrect and he let me know. <laughs> Oh, well, that's the danger of putting up that email address and saying, hey, any any feedback on <laughs> anything right. we've said in this episode, go ahead and shoot us an email. I, I am better because of that, dear brother. <laughs> well, actually, we're hoping that our listeners will Tim Madden us as well yes. then, because, you know, the feedback's important. And yeah, if we're sure doing is. the NEC podcast, as we let people know what the resources are that are available, maybe you've got a resource that you can let us know about. We, we would love that. Well, one of the biggest resources when it comes to feedback, if we're talking about that, is uh, a 360 evaluation. It's really not as much a specific resource as it is a methodology of just going to different people in your life and saying, give me my top three strengths and my top three weaknesses. Mm. That is something I think every pastor should do on a regular basis. I've done that three times in uh, my ministry life, and I got to tell you, it's painful, <laughs> but it is so helpful. And it's not an easy thing to go through, but man, it's helpful. And I, I remember talking with um, Rick Dunn, who uh, led a coaching training that I went through, and he said, listen, guys, fear of feedback leads to failure. Mm. Fear of feedback leads to failure. And he's like, don't be afraid of feedback. Even if it isn't all that helpful, what you're doing is you are engaging in a relationship with somebody and saying, listen, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to take it in. It may not change anything, yeah. but at least I'm learning more about myself, about the other person. There's so much value in it. It's hard. Anybody that's written a book knows that, man, hearing from that editor, the things that need to be changed, <laughs> it's like a personal attack, uh, but it is important to, for our walk. 
All right, so let's pretend that this is an episode of Real Pastors Talk, because right here would be the time where I would say, hey, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Actually, in our elders meetings, I have talked about something very similar. What are our three, what are your personal three strengths from 1 Timothy 3, and what are three of your weaknesses? So I want to ask you, where can guys go to find some more information on how to put that together to evaluate? You said it was a 360 evaluation? Yeah, um... I believe the guy who invented it was called Flippin, F-L-I-P-P-E-N. And I don't have a website or a, I, to me, it was just, it was just the, uh, that's even you know, just the that practice simple, of it. That just yeah, just a simple and practice. And I've done that. Now I've had some other souped up ones that I've done, um, that came through like this coaching training that I went through and I forget what the website, oh, here it is. Uh, Tim's pulling it up now, flippingroup.com, uh, F-L-I-P-P-E-N group.com you know just in leadership development across the board there's there's different ways of doing it so like i know one one of the questions on the latest one that i did a couple years ago was if dan was a car (laughs) (laughs) what kind of a car would he be and why and then i think one of the other ones has nothing to do with the car that you actually drive oh i hope not Uh, because now i'm driving a minivan and it's anyway so um it's been a it's been a sticking point for dan that yeah i had the thing. prius and then the minivan you know, it was all this stuff so uh the other one was like if dan was a cereal what cereal would dan, you know and so it was a little bit more creative mm-hmm. in the way it was doing it but like the feedback that i got on it was really good you know it was encouraging with mm-hmm. the things that people were seeing that you hope they see in uh, leadership, but then there's other things where it's like, oh man, yeah, I've really got to firm up this weakness in mm. my life and leadership, and it, it's really helpful stuff. Can I ask what cereal you were? Like grape nuts or? Oh, my word. Well, there were so many responses. Oh. I think I sent it out to like 20, 25 people. That one was a lot of people. Oh, okay. But I think the 360 thing is just find three people. Actually, the first one that I did, this was fascinating. The first one I did, the pastor said, find two people who you're really tight with, two or three people, and then find an enemy. Ooh. And ask them. And enemy? ask them what Dan's Ooh. top three strengths and top three weaknesses. And I did. There was a, a guy in college that we just butted heads all the time. Maybe enemy is too strong of a word, right. but someone who really doesn't like you. Right. And I did that. And wow. uh, he let me know what he thought of me. Wow. Yeah. Well, as you guys are looking at what you're going to do in the future now uh, with the Rural Pastors Talk podcast, what, what are some things you guys are working on? Yeah, um, our our whole effort is to continue to uh, equip and resource rural pastors. Um, we have explored the idea of a number of guests, like uh, Joe mentioned our episode with Dr. Tripp recently, where we were talking through specifically how does a rural pastor teach or equip the congregation to parent well? And so kind of getting into some more practical, hands-on things like this, and then continuing to share uh, maybe even on a more focused or dialed-in level, some very practical applications of ministry. Um, if I if I don't have a constitution in my church that's useful, like a lot of us in the rural countryside, mm. we have that 1920s constitution yeah. that's in your hymnal, and you know <laughs> we've just always abided by that. Or we've added to it a few tweaks because some of the pastors in our past did things we didn't like, so we need to make <laughs> make some amendments to make sure that never happened again. You know, how do we move from something like that in a rural setting where people are really attached to those things to maybe mm. something that's a little more theologically robust? Um, just more practical things like that where we can really focus in, and we're also 
very actively trying to reduce the amount of time we're taking for each episode <laughs> because our poor listeners <laughs> they they have to endure quite a bit of our uh, hot air so we're trying to reduce that yeah that's it's tough to do especially when you got uh, several pastors in a room that's true yes <laughs> yes as you're looking at uh, some of the future episodes and you're talking about some really practical things and and this actually uh, is something that as the NEC works in resourcing churches, mm-hmm. uh, and you were talking about the constitutions. I mean, that's something that you and I have talked about, Dan, because some churches are not up to speed on where they need to be because of some of the lawsuits and different things that inform the work that they do. Yeah, there's so many things out there that, um, especially when it comes to legal stuff, there's just a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. I remember someone just asked me today in an interview, they were interviewing me for a, a master's class and they're like, okay, so here's the question. What were you not prepared for in Bible college? Mm-hmm. Like, what did you not get? And one of the things I said was conflict resolution, right? <laughs> like that was something that was rarely talked about, but it's huge in pastoral ministry. I mean, how much of your week as a pastor is dealt with conflict resolution? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I said was legal. Legal stuff is just so important. And yet we don't hear a whole lot about it in whatever, an MDiv track or Bible college or, you know, those types of environments. Not that there's anything wrong with those. It's just, there's some things that you've got to go elsewhere to get those resources. And so, uh, I know just even for restored, uh, church in Wilkesbury, uh, we've just done a big overhaul of our bylaws Mm -hmm. and we had to go to an outside source to get coaching and insight and help. And that's really helpful. But I think for a lot of pastors and leaders, either a, they're not sure where to go for that, uh, whether it's constitution or so many other things, uh, or B, they don't really have the time. You know, like they're so busy doing the, the ministry or equipping the saints to do ministry that uh, they just don't have the bandwidth for it. And so that's what we're hoping with Northeast Collaborative is to connect to resources just like Rural Pastors Podcast mm-hmm. that is really, you guys are doing a phenomenal job of just breaking down different topics, different issues that real pastors in real churches, in real, you know, uh, small church environments typically are facing and that's so important. And uh, yeah, we're just excited that you guys are continuing to move forward with it. Yeah, I, I think it's so so critical. And kind of a goal we have, even as we continue to move forward, is we want to raise the bar for rural and not be okay mm. with you know the classic. We had an episode good when why isn't good enough good enough? And a lot of times, I know it's everywhere, but especially kind of in the out in the country. There's this idea that, well, you know, we're out here. This is our pace. We're a little bit slower. Uh, we're going to do things our way. And if we can really raise the bar and emphasize really good theology, really strong ecclesiology, really well done uh, church services and discipleship and those things, that's good for everybody in the rural countryside uh, and beyond. I mean, the gospel needs to go forth in a in a beautiful way throughout the rural mm. landscape. So I, I think of uh, a lot David Brainerd, who was uh, desperate to serve as a pastor, never had an intention of going out in the rural countryside, gets called to serve uh, the Native Americans in Pennsylvania, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, within four years, he's dead of tuberculosis. But here's yeah. a man who God used in such a profound way that we're still talking about him, who was called right. to the most remote part of Pennsylvania at the time to serve the Lord there. And, you know, rural has always been important to the Lord, and it continues to be. And this spotlight on rural, we hope to be helpful for the same reason. 
Uh, that is fantastic. Now, as we've been talking about uh, the work that you guys are doing with the podcast, TJ, what prompted you in Wellsboro to join the NEC to come alongside here? Yeah, a great question. So in Mansfield, which is a neighboring community to us, uh, about the same size as Wellsboro, a little smaller, university town, Walmart town, um, we found that there was not a solid gospel-driven Bible-teaching church that we felt real comfortable uh, sending folks to there. So there's 7,300 people in the zip code, and we we couldn't identify a, a church that we, we could really get behind. So we started saying, you know, probably the Lord means for us then to help in some way to get a representation of the church there. What that looks like, we don't know, but we're, we want to see an area where the church is underrepresented um, really come up to a place where the gospel is so clear, so evident that truly those 7,300 have repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel. Um, so we were just reaching out to a number of different folks asking the question, what kind of models should we be looking at? What kind of resources are available? And of course, Project Jerusalem has been a very positive force for church planting in this region and in other regions. And so we reached out there uh, with Dr. Ken Davis, and um, that brought us a Dan Nichols as well, and mm. which we were thankful for. Really great meeting with those guys, and uh, in those early days of beginning to dream about and talk about the reality of NEC, they invited us in, and we were happy to partner. Now, you guys are in rural areas yourself. You guys bivocational, full-time? We're, we're oh, full-time. Yeah, full-time. Praise God. Okay. We've both been by, we, <laughs> bivocational before, but we're full-time So you now. know what it's like. We do. Yeah, and I think that's uh, it's important for the listeners to the Rural uh, Pastors Talk podcast to understand, because that probably is one of the, the challenges that uh, rural pastors, small church pastors, face. It's a great driver is, for me to know what it's like to be bivocational and have very few resources and not know what to do, but to be able to share with guys, hey... Here, here's what we have learned. Here is, here's the truth. Here's what can help you. Here's what, here's what can encourage you. That's a huge motivation for for me, and I know for TJ too. Now, as you have been talking about the things that you're doing, uh, the things that God has called you to there, especially looking at uh, potentially planning a church uh, there in the area, how can people pray for you guys in the work that you're doing? So the Lord moves in his own ways and his own timing, and that is often not where we're at. <laughs> and So you're asking for patience? Is that what, uh... <laughs> Well, I don't think you're supposed to ask for that because it usually comes, you know, through hard lessons. But <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So we've been praying that the Lord would give us wisdom in our, in our pace, that he would bring the leadership who can help this really be something that would be sustainable and uh, even just understanding what what approach we should take, how to launch this thing. And so I, I would say above all else, pray for a decrease in the lostness in the 16933 and the 16901 zip codes uh, mm-hmm. where we're specifically focused throughout Tioga County, really 41,000 people in the county here that we're, that these yeah. churches are trying to reach with the gospel. And uh, most of them are in a, an extremely rural setting. So uh, that's, that's our goal, and we'd love prayer for all of that. All right, Joe? I think for our church, we are well on the way to becoming more and more healthy. But a lot of the truths that we're sharing on the Rural Pastors podcast are ones that 
we need to continue to implement and continue to do at God's Family Fellowship. We're a growing church, and we're growing more and more healthy. We, um, even in our eldership and our diaconate and in our membership. So I would ask for a prayer for God's Family Fellowship in those sorts of areas so that we would continue to grow the way that we should be growing. And how about you, Josh? I would love to see more young men who desire the call to pastoral ministry pursuing it. It is... I, don't, I think I understand statistics, and a lot of times men are in ministry for under five years, and then they drop out, a lot of, a lot of pastors. So for yeah. young men to run the race with endurance, um, I'm thankful to be under a healthy church and, I believe, biblical leadership that are pouring into me, and I'm very thankful for that, and I desire that for other young men who desire the call to the pastorate. So it'd be a prayer, mm. prayer yeah. request for me. Yeah, that's, I think, part of what, you guys could continue to do is maybe some episodes about self-leadership because I found with that problem of young men not stepping up into ministry is that one of the first qualifications is like you have to lead yourself Mm, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, before you can lead uh, in a marriage, in a, in a home with kids and then with the church, right? Before all those things, you got to lead yourself. And most young men, let's just be honest, that delayed adolescence is, is a real problem. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we see sometimes, especially with single young men, is that they wait until they find a girl and then they begin to <laughs> Now I'm going to start okay, now I'm leading start, myself. You know, changing through. things up. And, and really, man, that needs to start way before that. There's a great episode for you. I think, Josh, well, as, what they're uh, saying is back away from the video games. <laughs> yep, I have. Okay. So just, just as a testament, I played video games for probably three to four hours a night in college. And then I realized, like, this is, what am I doing with my time, with my life? This is awful. Um, oh, so I, yeah. I've really cut down. I mean, it's it's small, but I, you often say, TJ, you know, redeem the, I don't know if you said this, maybe the Bible said this. The redeem, Bible says that, Redeem yeah. the time yeah. for the time is short. <laughs> Something <laughs> like James. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. The days are evil. Well, listen, if you use video games for the same reason I use golf, you know, just to reach people who don't know Jesus yet, then absolutely. I mean, that could be a great platform for the gospel right tj don't you think uh you know self-justification and self-leadership are uh, <laughs> both interesting <laughs> topics yeah all right i love the honesty here thank you so much josh <laughs> appreciate that hey my pleasure yep well we've enjoyed having you guys on here i want our uh, listeners to know there's ways that they can contact you how can they connect with you find out about the podcast all that information well, Tim, they can email us, uh, ruralpastorstalk at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook, and they can tweet at us, at Rural Pastors. Or they can tweet to us, whichever they prefer. I was going to say, is, uh, do you want them tweeting at you? I'm afraid of what they could feel to like. you. Yeah, to, I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the symbol, at. That, to. that is the verbiage, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah. the technical verb. Oh, it really is. I'm glad yeah, someone know finally that. agrees We go me. through this every week. <laughs> <laughs> off the air. Yeah. I, I guess the older guys are probably on the Facebook <laughs> as well, right. right? And the Twitters. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the podcast today. Man, it's just been great talking to you. And uh, one of the things you might be able to learn is that uh, we keep the podcast here at under a half an hour. Well done. (laughs) Does the music start whether you're done or not? 
that's exactly right. When you hit 29 minutes, up it comes. <laughs> no, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate the work that you're doing there. Love the podcast and encourage uh, our listeners to to hop over to the Rural Pastors Talk podcast. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for joining us as we continue to make dents in the darkness with the Northeast Collaborative, leading and launching healthy churches in Northeast America.